Welcome listeners. Welcome listeners. You're listening to Deeds in the Desert. The place where real estate investors tune in for the latest news and available investments at Ignite Funding. If you're on the hunt for a low effort, passive income stream, then turn up that volume and pull out the hammock as we get ready to feed you your weekly dose of real estate investing insights. Welcome back to another episode of Deeds in the Desert. My name is Maddie, and today we are going to be discussing a commonly asked question by our investors. That question is, why has Ignite Funding been funding so many loans recently in Nevada? And joining me on today's episode is Carrie Cook, president of Ignite Funding, and Pat Vassar, director of underwriting. All right, Pat. So here we are in beautiful Las Vegas, and many clients ask, you know, how much of our lending is actually done in our own backyard. So let's take Las Vegas out of it in general. Let's look at Nevada. Um, What percentage of our current portfolio is in Nevada? And we're talking about about $330 million that we're currently servicing or we have under servicing. Uh, What percentage of that is right here in Nevada? Just shy of 40% is here in Nevada right now. And is that number, is that a, an alarming number to you? Or is that what you should expect with, you know, our headquarters being here in Las Vegas? I wouldn't say it's an alarming number, nor would I say is it something you should expect. Uh, what you should expect from us and what I think we've delivered on since our inception is really being dynamic enough to move around where the market is. You know, as you mentioned, we have 300 and some odd million dollars that we're servicing right now. It is our fiduciary responsibility to find the best risk-adjusted returns for that. Now, sometimes that is in our own backyard here in Las Vegas or here in Nevada in general, but that's not always the case. Right now, you know, it's kind of kind of shaping up to be that way. We pulled out of some markets, going into others, but uh, right now, it, it, it seems like it's a good one to be in, and we don't see very many headwinds in this local market for the next couple of years. So. I don't see us leaving here anytime soon. That's for sure. Yeah. What do you think the difference, you know, you and I were around in, in 08, right? Mm-hmm. We we saw what happened to the market here, uh, specifically in Las Vegas. What would you say is different from 08 to 2022 or moving into 2023? What's what's different? Well, a couple of things are different. Uh, one is at the end of the day, when it comes to real estate, it's all about supply and demand. At the end of the day, if there's more demand than there's supply, prices are going up. And the conversely is true. When there's more supply than there's demand for it, prices are going to go down. During 08, we saw a situation where there was way more supply than there was demand. And that came from a few factors, primarily coming from uh, people moving here. People started moving away from here because of the lack of jobs. Uh, building in Las Vegas is a, a very big employment center. So building drives jobs, drives people to move here. And when it stops, it forces people to go away and you stop building as much and you stop needing to have those houses. So it's kind of a a vicious cycle a little bit. With that said, what's happening now that wasn't happening in 08 is California's lost lost their luster, (laughs) so to speak. Um, We can get into the uh, political side of things, but at the end of the day, people are moving from California and their number one spot to go to has been Las Vegas or or, or uh, Nevada in general. A lot of it's mm-hmm. been up in, in Reno as well. And because of that migration, there has been a steady demand for the product. I don't see that steady demand going anywhere for the next little bit. And because of that demand, 
our supply, i.e. the stuff we invest in, will need to continue to increase. So because of those macroeconomic environment that we're in, you know, I don't see us being in another situation like we were in 08. Yeah, I think it's pretty obvious why people are moving from California to Nevada. But are they looking at entry-level homes? Are they looking at, you know, high-end homes? I, I think most of us, you know, if, if we've been to California, we know that the uh, the property values there, well, we'll call them values, prices, prices, <laughs> not values, prices are astronomical. So are they selling moving here, buying with cash? Are they buying those entry-level homes? Yes, they're buying entry-level homes, but that's not typically where it's been going. Uh, if you look at the average price price of a home out in California compared to what it is here, it's about two to one. The average price home is twice as expensive, as, as I like to call it, mm-hmm. out there than it is here in Las Vegas. And because of that, uh, the entry-level product for them is a different mindset than what we're accustomed here. Mm-hmm. So our Entry-level product here in Las Vegas is the two to $300,000 range. Not very, very many people from California are selling a home out there and buying a home in the entry-level market because they have a lot more money than that. Typically, what we've seen is on the higher end, the, the luxury and what I'll call the ultra-luxury. If you look at that segment of the, the population, over 50% of the transactions that are happening in that segment are coming from California buyers alone. Not people moving up here in Las Vegas, not people looking to build their dream home or change spots within the Valley. It is Californians moving here, buying in that luxury and ultra luxury category. Yeah. And the reason I asked that question is that in 08, a lot of the cause and effect, we lost value, right? Mm-hmm. We had arms that were coming due. We had so many aspects of why we had such a deep, deep real estate collapse here in Las Vegas. I'm not seeing that happening in Las Vegas this go around. But let's talk about the the product, right? People are seeing that interest rate increase go up and thinking, "Oh my gosh, Las Vegas is about to get flooded again. People are going to, you know, lose their homes, etc." But everybody already has their financing for the most part, right? Oh, 90% of the population is locked into two, three, and 4% interest rates. Would you agree? Absolutely. Okay. So I don't think we're going to see this massive foreclosure happening, Not especially since we have, you know, the, the per hour rate of employees here now is what the average is $17 an hour, $18 an hour. Um, and we're still living in an environment that is somewhat affordable um, with multiple incomes, but so we're seeing a lot of positives that last time were negatives. So run me through what is our Nevada or Las Vegas specific, however you, however you want to go with this, what does our portfolio look like in Nevada? Is it all these entry-level homes? Is it commercial? Is it industrial? Is it high-end? Give me an idea of what that, that 30-odd percent looks like here in Nevada. Uh, in Nevada... You know, as a whole, most of what we're doing is on the residential side, and most of what we're doing in the residential is on the higher end side. Uh, at the very beginning of, of COVID, uh, we're actually let me take a step back. Prior to COVID, about four years ago, we made the strategic decision to move away from high end and get more into the low end because of the affordability factor. Mm-hmm. We believed it to be a better uh, segment of the population to to start serving because we thought that's what would be best utilized as far as 
um, how quickly they could build homes, mm-hmm. how quickly those homes would be gobbled up by people looking to to own and set a rent. It was simply a matter of renting a home became more costly than owning one. Yeah. And so we thought, and it tr- came true, that it was a better place for us to put our 330-ish million dollars to place. Uh, that changed right, right around when COVID started. Mm-hmm. We believe that to be the segment of the population that was going to get hit the hardest and that segment of the real estate market that was going to perform most poorly. Mm -hmm. And so we moved a lot of our portfolio more to the higher end segment of of the rental or the the real estate market. Now you've seen uh, a state with that as well as add in the lower end, but not on the low end for sale side, but the low end for rent side. I think, and I, I believe we all agree here that that segment of the population is going to continue to grow as rates remain high. They are not going to be able to afford that entry-level product. So the entry-level home for a home buying purposes, I think is going to really stagnate and, and really not go anywhere for the foreseeable future. But the rental market in that entry-level product is going to stay strong. We want to be in that market for the next few years. So you'll see us continue to develop relationships with borrowers that are building for rent product mm-hmm. here in Las Vegas and as well as other uh, communities around the nation that that have more migration coming in than people moving out. Absolutely. So break down the percentage acquisition, development, construction in Nevada. Um, and then also, if you'll just take a minute and describe to our listeners the what when we say acquisition, I think some people immediately assume that it's all land. Um, some people will assume that it's all acquiring existing structures. What does acquisition mean to us? It's where the primary amount of money is being utilized for. So if someone's going out and buying a, let's say it's a house, for example, if they're going out buying it to fix it up, but a majority of the money is being spent on the acquisition, that'll be an acquisition loan. Although some money is being utilized for repairs, we don't consider a construction loan. The only time we would consider that a construction loan is when more than 30% of the money is being utilized for the rehabilitation of that asset to turn it into something better. For the most part, our loans are on the acquisition side, and almost 50% of our loans are for the acquisition. Um, the next largest category would be development, and the smallest category for us is construction at only about 20% of our portfolio. There's a few reasons behind that, but uh, typically the reason behind it is we like to see our projects all the way through the life, entire life cycle of the asset. So we will be involved with borrowers from when they acquire raw land to when they develop the raw land while they uh, and ultimately you know, construct on that land. We'll be involved with it all the way through. And during that life cycle, our portfolio kind of changes and moves over with them. The one segment of the, the life cycle that we don't get involved with as much is on the construction side, simply because our rates aren't nearly as competitive as they are for banks. And it's pretty easy to get bank financing when it comes to new home construction or new building construction. What percentage are we? We are in Nevada. At, oh, in Nevada, we're at 40%. 40%. Okay. 50% of that is an acquisition. Correct. What percentage in development? 30, just above 30. Okay. And then the smallest percentage in construction, as you were mentioning, for obvious reasons, our, our financing costs are a little bit too high. They can get they can get that with a bank for much, much less. Correct. Uh, about a third less. Yeah. Well, yeah. Ratcheting up though a little it bit. Ratcheting closer. up a little bit. 
Okay, so what do you think is the highest degree of risk that we have in our Nevada loans? Highest degree of risk is population stop moving here. We need to have people, California, get their their stuff together and people say, you know what, I don't want to go to Las Vegas. I'd prefer to stay here in, in California. If you foresee California reforming overnight, then yeah, Las Vegas is probably uh, the big biggest risk market that we have because of that. I just don't see that happening anytime soon. What is the greatest reward in investing in projects in Nevada? Well, the greatest reward, it comes from the risk factor, right? If if everything was paying the same amount, 12%, 10% loans, uh, your reward is fairly limited on the upside, right? You're getting 10%, no matter if the borrower is making $0 or if the borrower is making a billion dollars, your upside is fairly limited in that regard. But your downside is also fairly limited. So we try to make sure that we, we go into deals where the downside isn't as prevalent and the, the risk towards a downside isn't as extreme. Here in Las Vegas, those propositions hold true because of the number of people moving here and the forecast of how many will continue to move here over the next two to three years. And let's just dispel this myth. Yes, we are in Nevada. Our offices are in Nevada. We obviously are going to have things in our backyard. We know this market better than any other market that we lend in. Would you agree? Absolutely. Okay. But we have 60% of our portfolio elsewhere. Right. <laughs> What's the difference between having it in Nevada and having it in Colorado? Plane flight. Uh, really, at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to. Every one of our loans that we originate, you or I or somebody a representative of this company will step foot on that site before us ever originating a loan. So no matter where it is, uh, we will be there. Uh, a benefit of it being here is it's just a car ride away. Whereas if it's in Denver, for example, you know, it, we got to get on a plane and fly out there. It's a little more cumbersome to do, but it's still doable. Um, you won't see us expand our footprint nationwide or worldwide because of those reasons. Uh, we tend to stay within one two-hour flight away from Las Vegas to make that ease of uh, access still readily available. So although we have 40% right now in Nevada, a year from now, if the economics change in Nevada, it could go down, it could go up. Uh, but we've been lending here since 2011. And what have you seen as far as a change between 2011 and 2022 <laughs> on the percentage of our portfolio in Nevada? Oh man, that's uh, run the spectrum. Just looking at the numbers, you know, the highest we've ever been is at 52% here in just Las Vegas, let alone Nevada as a whole. It was closer to 60% of our portfolio back in 2016. Our lowest mark was was the beginning of the, the COVID time, and that was only down to 27%. So about a quarter of our portfolio here yeah. in, in Nevada. Uh, now it's all you know more than that at 40 or nearly 40. I don't know what it's going to be in a year from now, um, but if I was a gambling man, although I live in Las Vegas, I'm not, I, I would venture to say we'll probably see more of our portfolio here because mm -hmm. of the economics and the risk factors associated with it. There just aren't very many markets that can systematically beat out the demographics, the numbers that Las Vegas is generating. Simple as that. I cannot agree with you more. So why are we in Nevada? because we could mitigate your risk. That's it. Provide quality investments. It's in our own backyard. Yes, it is. That just is even better for us, right? We can visit those more frequently. 
We can follow up on those projects more frequently. Um, and we know this community better than anybody else. Absolutely. Okay. Well, thank you, Carrie and Pat, for joining me on another episode of Deeds in the Desert. And to our listeners, thank you again for listening. And if you're interested in learning another commonly asked question, next week we are going to be discussing why we aren't increasing our interest rates when others are. So we'll see you next week on Deeds in the Desert. Thanks for joining us this week on Deeds in the Desert where short-term investments meet long-term investors. We hope you enjoyed the content so much that you share it with all your friends. Who doesn't like learning about passive fixed income, right? Still hungry for more education? Visit our website at ignitefunding.com. Or if you're ready to take the leap and start investing, give us a call at 702-761-0000 and schedule a free investor consultation. 